Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm uh, Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, uh, every week is uh, LPJ professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Welcome back. Uh, we were off, of course, last week um, and uh, back this week with uh, some great guests. Uh, coming up here in just a, a few short minutes is going to be uh, Stephanie Connolly, who is a Symmetra Tour player and uh, uh, Cindy, she actually, uh, according to uh, what we understand, is she played her last event this past week, and she's getting ready to retire at the ripe old age of 29. Uh, but she's going to be settling in a new position for, as the assistant women's uh, golf coach at North Florida. So it'll be interesting to find out uh, why she did that and, and uh, what her, her future plans are. And then a little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined by the founder and president of Gratitude Golf, uh, and she's also a Class A member of the LPJ Teaching and Club Professionals. Uh, Alicia Larson is going to be joining us in the second half. But, uh, again, welcome back, Cindy, and uh, it's good to always uh, be talking golf uh, with you, of course, every Tuesday morning. And um, well, I'm, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that we're back. Let me just very quickly, uh, Cindy, I'm, I'm going to ri- ripple right through it real fast, and then we'll, we'll get to some discussion here. Um, for those of you tuning in, of course, uh, every other Tuesday, or every Tuesday, and otherwise, unless otherwise stated, uh, you can find us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. It's also available at iTunes. If you go to iTunes.com, up in the podcast section, type uh, uh, Women of Golf. That will take you there as well. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so. My email, ma- email excuse me, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. Um, lots of, uh, you know, golf going on. Of course, we've had some majors here recently, the uh, PGA uh, championship, of course. Uh, Jimmy Walker won that. Uh, that just finished up here this past weekend, and uh, I think the ladies were playing as well, were they not? Yes, at the British you know? Open. That's right. And Mo Martin so, came in second. Did you see it? I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I didn't see the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Mo's really... been our guest. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, Lots of good stuff. It's hard to believe. You know, I, I just don't know where the season's going, but, uh, you know, the majors are pretty much uh, just kind of floated by. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't rem- uh, mention one thing, Cindy. Uh, here a couple of weeks ago, I was very, uh, very excited to see it back there. Uh, the RBC Canadian Open for the men's, of course, I'm referring to, uh, was at the um, Glen Abbey Golf Course up in Oakville, Ontario, which I visited and have played a number of times, but visited – uh, many a Canadian Opens. It's a great golf course, and uh, it was actually one of the first Jack Nicholas designed golf courses uh, in Canada, as I recall. And uh, very, very tough track, and it was very interesting to to see that uh, play there. It, you know, it, of course, moves around like many of the other tournaments do, and and it used to be 
as sort of a staple there for years. And for some reason, they, they started moving it around. I was glad to see it back there. Uh, I wasn't sure if they were ever going to make it back, but they did. So uh, it was nice to see that. But anyways, I just wanted to mention that being uh, that that's my, my home neck of the woods. But uh, very, very nice golf course, very in, a good tournament as well. Um, we've got a great show, as I mentioned, Cindy, this morning. Um, Brett, of course, the, uh, the communications coordinator sent me a message uh, yesterday about our first guest, Stephanie Con- uh, Connolly, who, of course, is a Symmetra Tour player and, and uh, made note that she's played her, her last event uh, this past week and uh, setting to uh, retire from tournament uh, play and, and, uh, and take on a new position. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that in just a moment. But let me just tell you just a little bit about her. Uh, Stephanie, of course, uh, started playing golf at the young age of, uh, ripe old age of five years old, uh, like many of us have, have done, started early in, in her golfing career. Uh, when, she's not, when you don't find her on the golf course, you'll find her doing some other outdoor activities. She also enjoys fishing. We'll talk to her a little bit about that as well. Uh, flying and spending, uh, of course, time with family and friends and uh, likes to get involved in her community as well. Uh, played a number of events, 17 events in 2015, and uh, eight cuts were made. Uh, some of her career highlights, uh, she played 18 events in 2014, made five of the cuts, uh, one top 10 uh, with uh, was her best finish of that year and tied for fifth at the Eagle Classic. Um, recorded uh, as an amateur, she recorded nine top uh, five finishes in the AJGA competition and named the 2002 Player Junior Series Player of the Year and uh, two-time Polo AJGA All-American Honored uh, mention in 2003-2004. Uh, so lots of great uh, accolades there, this young lady, and uh, I think uh, that she's ready to come on board. So, Cindy, let's, uh, let's welcome... Uh, Stephanie Colony. Good morning, Steph. Good morning. How are you? Did you know that Cindy Miller was on here with him? I did. Actually, I, I called in and, and I could hear you talking. And when I talked to Brett yesterday, I said, oh, yeah, I know Cindy. <laughs> well, good to have you on the show. Congratulations on your new position. Thank you. I'm very excited. I have... Uh, Two weeks until orientation. <laughs> wow! Now North Florida—that's not um, that's Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it's um, it's on the east side of Jacksonville, the UNF Ospreys. Now, Cindy, you you had mentioned uh, uh, Stephanie last night, of course, as we were getting ready for the show, and that Cindy and I, of course, always uh, message back and forth, uh, any notes and comments and things like that, and she. Uh, was very excited to have you on. So, Cindy, you obviously know Stephanie. Um, have you guys uh, actually met before, or, or uh, what's uh, what's sort of the backstory there? I think we met on the semester tour, didn't we? Yeah. So we actually, I think the first time I met you was we were doing uh, clinics a couple years ago. It was maybe my second year on tour. Um, there was a series that the tour had brought in for, you know, at uh, different tournament sites for one of the main sponsors and brought Cindy in to lead us. And um, it was a group of players along with Cindy. And, uh, you know, we did a couple clinics and then, you know, we'd, we'd get a group of the players and kind of go off and, and have an afternoon of golf. It was hard Very for good. insurance. Yeah, and they... We had a contract with them to entertain and teach their customers and associates how to play golf. And so I was kind of the mom, and the girls, <laughs> um, 
we would give them a clinic, and then we would teach them how to play, and we'd go play nine holes with them. And Stephanie was one of the chosen ones that got to be uh, part of the teaching crew, and we did that a lot. How many times did we do I think we did like eight or ten a year. I was, was trying super. to remember. I, yeah, I know it was quite a lot. It was probably uh, one of the first things that really got me starting to think about, you know, life after tour golf, you know, that I really enjoyed doing those, um, the clinics and then going to teach and play um, with the, you know, because we had, we had all sorts of golfers. We had, you know, people who were avid golfers and we had people who were brand new and, you know, wanted to learn um, for business. And so it was really, it was a lot of fun. It was very good experience, obviously learning from Cindy and, um, and from the players themselves, um, you know, just new things about the game. Yeah, it was great. So let me ask you a question. Why are you retiring now and why do you want to be a coach? I actually, when the coaching position, um, when I knew about it, I, um, when I heard about it, I was, I actually got quite excited about, you know, the possibility, um, especially with it being just on the other side of town where I live. Um, you know, I live in Jacksonville now. I've been here for a few years, and it just was good timing, I guess. Um, and when I when I realized I was excited about the possibility, I knew that it was probably time for me to start looking at, um, at not playing as much. Um, I kind of struggled with my game in the past few years, and, I took a lot of time off last fall after the season ended, actually. Um, I wasn't playing well. I wasn't having fun. I was frustrated with the game that, you know, I've loved for so many years. And um, I took about three months off and came back after the new year and had decided, okay, I'm going to give it a shot again, you know, see how practice goes. And and if I'm having fun and, uh, you know, I start playing okay, then I'll keep playing for the year. And I was. I was playing much better. I was having a lot more fun. I think I just needed a break. And then, um, you know, my status wasn't full for the Symmetra Tour this year, but I was getting into events and I was playing okay when, you know, when I was playing. So I continued. And, um, you know, the past few weeks I really had some good success, but I still, you know, I had decided that I was going to take this coaching position and I'm really excited about it you know I don't have any regrets um I'll still play uh you know in off time from the team um you know I can still play in summer and um things like that uh you know if if I like and um I just think that coaching is a I don't think when I first came out of college that I would have thought or seen myself as a college coach at first but after, you know, I've been out for a few years now, and it just seems really exciting. Uh, the program, this will only be the fifth year for the program, so it's still growing. Um, the coach, the head coach, uh, Joanne Berglund, um, she was at Montana for about 20 years, and then she came to start this program. And I just, I really was excited when I met with her. She's very motivated. She's very competitive. Um, she's, she's just, She's excited about what she's doing. Um, and it's not all about the golf, you know. It's obviously she wants to develop some great players in their games, but she also wants to help encourage these young women through their uh, college career um, and developing 
you know, them as people. You know, not everyone goes on to play professional golf. Um, so hopefully if any of the the young women want to, you know, that I can offer my experience. But I think I also have a lot to offer as far as just the game of golf and having been a student athlete, um, I'm really looking forward to, to helping develop their games as well as, also, you know, hopefully mentoring them for life. Well, good. That's awesome. Yeah, very. <clears throat> Stephanie, let me ask you um, just sort of a follow-up question to that, if you don't mind. Um, you know, you mentioned, and I want to, to sort of frame this for, for the purpose of really helping some of the amateurs that, that are tuning into the show this morning. Um, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, last year you, you, you kind of, uh, you know, for lack of better words, the wind was taken a little bit out of your sails. Um, you know, you weren't playing at your best, so there was a little bit of, um, I won't say anxiety, but but struggle, if you will, and you decided to jump back in. For the amateurs that, that are out there that, you know, are struggling with their game and sometimes they feel like, well, you know, it's just not worth it, I'm just not getting any better or I'm just not uh, playing at the best, and you, you emphasize the word that, you you know, you weren't having fun, what would you advise them to do? What did you do to sort of re-energize yourself to, to get back out there and give it another shot? Uh, and what would you suggest for the amateurs out there that they do to, to sort of recharge the batteries and, and get out there and, and uh, you know, help work with their game? Well, I think the biggest thing is you have to understand why you're playing. I mean, if you're not having fun and, you know, it is a game, it's no different than, you know, I don't know, going out and playing, you know, people who are on a softball league or, you know, flag football league, you're doing it for fun. You're supposed to be out there. You're outside. You're enjoying the weather. Um, it's a challenge. <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of amateurs, uh, especially when they play with professionals, we see a lot as a professional um, in pro-am uh, events. And right. people just want to be so good. And I, I always ask people, I say, do you practice every day? No. Do you practice multiple times a week? No. Then why do you expect to be hitting it like I do? This is my job, my full-time job. If this isn't your full-time job, you right. got to get your priorities a little bit in order here, you know. You're playing this to go have entertainment and to have fun. So instead of being so stressed out about it or, you know, trying to be a perfectionist, which is very hard because if you're competitive, obviously mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's going to be on your mind. But the more that you can enjoy it and see it for the challenge instead of getting frustrated and, um, you know, discouraged by it, uh, I think that you're better off. I think that I I got into such a slump because, you know, it, it is my job and, um, and I was putting so much time in and not, you know, not getting the results that I wanted. And I think taking a step back and saying, okay, why am I playing? Um, why, why do I like the game? You know, do, do I want to keep mm. doing this? Um, I think doing those things really helped me. I just really accepted that it's a game. It's not life and death, you know. Right. And the more that I freed myself up in that way, the better I started playing, you know. You know, the more kind of like trick shots and things like that. When, when I, when I made it more fun, um, it just really, I started playing much better again. So it's, well, it's very took, hard to do. It's, a, it's easier well, you took the pressure down, off, but, right? You took the pressure yeah, off yourself yeah. by doing that. What, what would you say, Stephanie, to, um, 
some of the newbies, if you will, that are coming out on tour. I mean, you obviously, I think, you know, from what we've talked to, to, to many of the players coming out here in the Symmetra tour and that you've obviously played for, for a number of years, competitive golf, but um, they, they all sort of are, are starry eyed. They're obviously very uh, energetic and very excited and they don't really know what they, they have, um, you know, what's, what's coming forward, if you will. Um, what would you advise them if, you were if you were speaking with a, an up-and-comer that's coming out on tour you know first year um, what would you say to them what would be some things that you would caution them to, to really um, focus on and and sort of if you could part some uh, parting words of wisdom uh, to some of the newbies as, as you're uh, shifting into a different phase of your of your career I think the it's it's very different, um, you know, especially girls that have come from junior golf and college and then now have turned professional and, you know, think it's this big glamorous thing. And for some people it is, but mm. it's not necessarily that way, especially with the semester tour. You know, you're driving yourself here, there, and everywhere, and you're your own manager and things like that. But, the you know, no different than I would say for an amateur to keep having fun. I would say the right. same thing for, you know, the young ladies, the rookies out there. Um it really, you have to pace yourself. Uh, you know, you can over-practice and play and things like that, um, especially when you're traveling a lot because we do go many weeks in a row. And, um, you know, just really, you don't have to change anything either. You know, whatever got you here, that's your game. You know, keep playing it and obviously try to improve on what you have. But you don't need to, you know, find a new coach and this and that, you know and try to become someone else, you know, be the best you. Um, and also to, you know, to not try, you know, not get too involved in the, I don't know, the distractions of, um, you know, there's some business aspects as far as, you know, oh, right. well, this person wants me to sign contracts and that person, you know, just go play your game and when the time's right and you have some help, you know, to then, um, then look into those opportunities. But as much as you can focus on the golf and enjoying it and, you know, sightseeing and meeting new people and, we, you know, especially with Symmetra Tour, we stay in a lot of host families. You know, the more relationships you can build, um, the better there for sure. But really just to keep at it, enjoy it. It's a journey. It's a long year. Um, and take your time with it. Very well said. Um, what, now you all do, do you, sorry, go, go Cindy. How many, I'm going to shift states here if that's okay. Do you have another question about the tour? No, 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 go ahead. Um, how many girls are on the golf team? We're going to have eight. We have four freshmen this year, and I believe it's two seniors and two middle classmen. I think it's one sophomore, one junior. And have you met them all? I haven't. I've only met one of the girls so far. Um, they report back, I think it's the 21st, uh, for a compliance meeting. So I'll meet everyone then. We have a team meeting the 22nd, um, and then we get rock and rolling. And now what are the plans? What do you do with the team to help them improve? Is there any specific details? Did the coach tell you what the regimen is or the schedule or the workouts or Anything like that? We'll start getting those things uh, after I get, you know, my orientation and everything. Um, I know we do have a, a pretty good schedule. We've got four events this fall. Um, I think the biggest thing, especially with having a young team, 
will be, um, you know, getting out on the course and, and, you know, when you're recruiting and this is my experience from having gone through it, obviously I haven't started doing that yet, but you only see so much golf and you see scores from, you know, afar. So a lot of it is just learning how, you know, each player ticks, what the best part of their games are, what their struggles currently are, um, things like that. And then working from there, um, you know, it's really, uh, you know, the, the players, the returning players, um, you know some things about them and, um, and their games. So you can kind of talk about, you know, how their summer's gone and uh, what they feel like they need to work on and then get out on the course and see it firsthand. And then, you know, I think, I think especially something that I would have to offer is a lot of course management. Um, just from having played tournament golf, you, you really have to – focus on that every week because you're playing a new course. Um, whereas I think when you're just at home, you can kind of get lulled into, okay, well, I know how to play this golf course. So I'm really excited to, you know, go to the tournaments and, and help their performance in, in that aspect. And I'm also, uh, I'm in the LPGA teaching program. So I have my level two seminar coming up. Um, so I'm also learning a lot still as far as, helping with instruction and, you know, the technical aspect of the game. Awesome. I'm going to add something. Alan and I, you know how we do all the personality stuff. We yes. have created a golf uh, assessment with this, and I would love to give you a sample of that. If you want to email me on the side or contact me on the side, sure. um, send yeah, me a And I would love to have you and the head coach take it and then maybe debrief you. It's a great icebreaker, and it helps the kids know, you know, who they are, how they tick. Some of them are going to be risk takers. Some of them are going to, you know, be steady and cautious, and, and it would be really fun. I've got a few other college teams doing it, and we've trained a few teams in the past, so it would be really fun to get your feedback if you're interested. Cool, yeah, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you a message. Yeah. Very good. That'd be great. Now, let me ask you something, um, Stephanie, while we're on the subject of, of teams and that, um, and I know you don't really have all, all of the strategy in that, but how do you find balance? Obviously, you have different, as Cindy just pointed out through these assessments, you know, you've, you have some of your more aggressive players and you have sort of your your steady uh, or uh, maybe what I would say consistent players in that. How do, how do you foresee sort of finding balance and, and utilizing the best of each player um, because there's obviously going to be some different personality types and things like that. What do you visualize in your own mind based on your experiences from playing tour uh, and watching people of, of various different, uh, you know, degrees of, of um, uh, their playability and so forth? What do you see or what is your vision, if you will, uh, of how you would handle different players like that? Well, I know that coach likes to get the team together a lot, so – you know, there'll be a lot of off the golf course time and, um, you know, getting to know each player and, you know, for the team to get to know each other and really just have a good time together. Um, you know, I think that the more uh, fun you can have off the golf course, the, you know, the better you're going to play for each other on the course. Um, as far as the golf is concerned, you know, the way college golf works is you play with a couple, you know, you're not playing just with your team, so you get paired up with right. Typically, it's two other teams. You're playing threesomes, and so you just have an order of, you know, one through five, and 
you know, the ones play together from the three schools. And so I think as far as getting, you know, each player is going to have their own game plan. And I think that getting the best out of someone who is, you know, more aggressive, you just have to get them to be smart about it, um, you know, mm-hmm. to know when it's, when it's a good opportunity to, to take the risk and when it's not worth the risk. Um, and then getting the consistent kind of, you know, say middle of the green player to uh, get a little more aggressive with their targets and things like that um, at the right time. So it's just, you know, it's a little bit of give and take and, and um, mm-hmm. you can certainly, they, they can work very well together, um, but you don't necessarily right. have to change the person to play, okay, well, you need to be more like this one or that one. No, just right. play your way, but do it efficiently. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Now, now obviously, you have situations, too, um, Stephanie, where um, because this is in a team environment, you know, golf traditionally, of course, is – categorized as an, more of an individual sport, but obviously in cases like this and things like the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup where you're playing as a team, um, you obviously want to, <clears throat> um, you know, capitalize on, 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 on different things, but, but you also don't want players to feel if they're not pulling their weight. H- how do you handle that, that aspect of it? Obviously there's going to be situations where some players maybe feel like they're letting the team down. How do you, what kind of a pep talk are you going to give them, if you will, um, to sort of bring them up and, and um, you know, regroup, if you will? Um, you know, I think that when you've got it's, – it's, it's a tough thing, especially when you're dealing with females. We're much more emotional, I would say, um, on a regular basis, and we're going to take it pretty personal um, when we're not playing well or when we don't feel like we're – you know, participating as much as we can. Um, I think that just encouraging that player to really just take a step back and say, okay, I'm struggling right now, but how can I get myself through this? How can I push through this for the team? You know, um, just kind of helping them figure out, okay, you don't have to do anything crazy. You know, you don't have to go out there and shoot 62 the next four rounds, but just you know, get yourself in the hole. You know, mm-hmm. if you're hitting it all over the place, find a way to get in the fairway, find a way to get it on the green and make some pars, you know. Um, I think just the encouragement and the mm-hmm. understanding um, that you don't have to be perfect to be able to help, uh, you know, and, and making little strides at a time to, you know, get back to that solid game I think is uh, is probably what you've got to do. Um, I mean, I've been there when I'm, you know, when I've been struggling and, and you get pretty down, but I think that, you know, in my experience, just taking a breath and saying, okay, I'm not having a good day. I'm not having a good week, whatever it is, you know, the right. the luck isn't on my side, you know, right now. So I'm just <laughs> going to find a way to manage. And I think that, I think that's really all you can do at times is just right. say, okay, you know, it's just not working for you at the moment. Don't don't get too down about it. Just push through it, and it'll work in the long run. Right. Well, and I think something, too, that you, you can take away from, and I know watching uh, many Solheim Cups over the years as an example, you know, one, one thing that was very impressive, and, and I know that they do this in the Ryder Cup, but I think that the ladies do a much better job than the, than the men do. But, um, you know, uh, on the sidelines, of course, you know, the other players, 
that maybe weren't playing at that particular time or maybe had finished their, their competition for the day um, were there rooting on the others and, and supportive. Even the players that weren't playing at their best were there supporting the other players that were still out uh, on the course. So that's obviously a way, too, that they can you know, still be engaged, even if maybe their matches uh, or their rounds weren't as good um, that particular day or even that week. Um, you still have an opportunity to be supportive of your team, correct? Absolutely. Um, with college, typically we, we're going to play a lot of shotguns, so it's going to be a little bit right. more on uh, the coaches. Um, but in those times when you do have key times and, you know, you are, you know, the first key times out, you need to be either walking back, you know, to see the last couple groups or, you know, being there right. on 18 encouraging um, those kind of things for sure. Even, you know, whether someone's playing well or they're playing terrible, you know, just the support um, is a good reminder of, okay, I am part of this team, you know, I'm here for a reason. Let me get it done. Exactly. Well said. Um, Stephanie, you know, it, it sounds like you've got a great opportunity here at North Florida and you're going to be starting here in a couple of weeks. She said, you'll be getting ready to, to get fired up for, for, for a new season. And uh, we want to wish you all the best. And I know you said that from time to time, you're going to try and, and maybe still play uh, on, on your off time uh, as well. So I hope that you'll, you'll stay competitive that way, but uh, congratulations on the new position. Uh, happy birthday. I noticed that it was your birthday as well here just recently and also, congratulations! Yeah, you're getting you're you're getting married. I understand in December. Is that correct? I am. Yep, getting married. What December. the heck? You didn't tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, December tenth. Um, I'm really excited. We've got my I've got we got a dog a couple months ago. Miss little Miss Anna here. She's a chocolate lab and she is precious. So I'm excited oh, to be wow. be home a little bit more with her and and my fiance. So. Yeah, 29 so well, awesome, I know, I'm, I love it. <laughs> You're becoming a grown-up. Yeah. I am, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we well, would Steph- like to have you back on after uh, you get to coach for a couple months. Is that okay? We come back and do this again? Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you that out. Okay. Yeah, well, Stephanie, again, congratulations uh, on on Thank your you. your up your upcoming nuptials in 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 a few months' time. It's it's coming quick. So, uh, and and obviously a belated happy birthday and uh, and best of luck on on the uh, the new uh, position. And and as Cindy said, yes, we would love to have you uh, come back here maybe in a few months after you've had your 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 uh, feet wet a little bit in the new job and and let us know how things are going on. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Okay. Y'all have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, Very positive uh, young lady. And and I I know that she's going to be a great asset to the North Florida uh, golf team. And uh, it's going to be a great, uh, a great asset to, uh, to her partner uh, on the coaching staff as well. And um, I, I can understand Cindy, why you, um, you were happy to work with her uh, over the years uh, and doing some some teaching things together and that and I think that assessment you 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 talked about you know you and Alan have developed I think would be a great uh, a great asset as well uh, for their team so I hope uh, hope she's able to take you up on that. 
Yeah, and if anyone else is interested, email me, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, because it really reveals who you are and how you learn and how you would play and whether or not you're a risk taker and finding the balance between going for it and being steady and cautious. Exactly. And, and, and it is good. So go to Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, email her, and uh, she will be more than happy to, uh, to send out the, uh, the assessment to you. And, and uh, I agree. I think it's a great thing for, uh, for all people, really, to, to take. I think it, it does open up uh, some, some well-valued insight as to who you are and, and uh, will certainly definitely, in the long run, help you with your golf game and life as well. Um, our next guest is ready here, so let's uh, we'll bring her on here in just a sec, but let me just read out a couple of things here. Uh, our very uh, special guest coming up now is Alicia Larson. She's the founder and president of Gratitude Golf. Uh, she's also a Class A member of the LPJ Teaching and Club Professionals. And let me just tell you just a little bit about a um, uh, little more background on her. Uh, the vision for Gratitude Golf and, and her coaching and golf instruction is to equip golfers to tap into their full potential by discovering their individual gifts with specific tools uh, to enhance their progress, she encourages them to stay focused on positive achievements and become aware of and work through any obstacles that may be keeping them from reaching their goals. Uh, great, uh, great note there. Uh, on the lesson T, there is an important emphasis on the fundamentals of the game and specific mechanics with an essential combination uh, of uh, the mental approach to their golf game and to life. Um, she coaches everybody from beginners through intermediate advanced players and currently has uh, men and women as well as junior golfers as some of our students and many, many other accolades to follow. Let's uh, welcome Cindy, our very special guest, Alisa, Alicia, excuse me, Larson. Good morning, Alicia. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Us. Thank you for asking me to be here. I'm, I'm really honored to be here, Cindy. Thank you. Cindy, you go ahead and I'll let you uh, start things off. Tell us exactly what you do. I know, you know, you want to help people tap into their potential, but give us – Give us the lowdown. I know you just finished the book, and give us all the scoop. Did you hear me? No. She uh, actually she, she got dropped off. I guess she must have uh, hit something. We'll wait for a second, and, and um, when she calls back in, I'll, we'll uh, we'll bring her on. Our apologies for that. I'm not sure what happened. I think she uh, may have hit something. And yeah. She'll be back. But, sure yeah. Back. Oh, here she is right now. Here she is. Okay, go ahead, Cindy, yes, and ask I'm that here. again. I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's okay. sorry, that's okay. No worries. We we do that all the time. So tell us exactly how you help people reach their potential and find their unique gifts. Well, it, it really starts with just getting to know the person on the lesson tee and, and kind of how they process information and, you know, where they are with their game and, and then as I get to know them as a player and we start to talk about self-talk and what they may believe that they can or cannot do, uh, we start to tap into those kind of resources relative to what they already came to me with. And a lot of times what they have in their personal life as far as belief systems or, or things that they, they um, I can't reach this goal or whatever it is in whatever area of their life, it will probably bleed off into the, their golf game. And so we talk about that and, uh, you know, I, I introduce self-talk to them and, and the power of positive self-talk or on the other flip side of that, you know, the power of the negative self-talk that they might have come to me with and and we start to tap into that. Great let, let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you, Alicia, because you raise a very interesting uh, point there uh, with what you, the statement you just made. 
you know, a lot of amateurs, particularly, I'm sure even on some level, some of the professionals do this from time to time, but particularly the amateur golfers, and I'm sure, Alicia, you see this all the time uh, in your teaching uh, practice. Um, but a lot of amateurs, of course, if they're struggling, particularly if they're struggling a lot with their game, um, carry that baggage, if you will, um, with them into the next lesson or into the next round. They're already thinking about all of the bad mistakes they've made, maybe the last two or three rounds or even the last pra- practice session. Um, how do you, what are some of the things that you do to, to, uh, with the self-taught to, to help sort of change that mindset? Well, there's, I, I, over, over the years, this has been a really, really interesting discovery for me because of the fact that I fo- I've found out that there's a lot of skeletons in the closet and right. the, those quote skeletons are actually haunting them, <laughs> on, you know, like they're, the perfectionist side of them and they're, they're from their past, but these, mm. the masses of the golfers actually come to the lesson fee and I may start talking about, you know, golf is not a game of perfect or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody might even get very emotional about it. It's, I found out that these emotions are, right under the surface and then I find right. out it's not about so much about the golf lesson that I'm giving him at the moment it's about something deeper which then goes into life of something even as much as and profound as this is what my father told me all my life and she's in her 60s and yeah. she's dealing with something that her father's passed away and it's still haunting her but it's stopping her it literally is stopping her from from reaching her full potential in golf because of the fact that it's something that she thinks she has to achieve, like perfectionism, for instance, and, you know, I can't mm-hmm. hurt, there's people behind me, and they're rushing me, and, and so I, I began to understand that, you know, this this information that I'm actually, it's unfolding in front of me on the lesson tee. I, the, the original name of my book, I wanted to be that it's much more than your swing, because it truly is, and I, I, am, I am a huge advocate of getting instruction. Believe me, it's my profession and my livelihood. But I can tell you that a lot of these people are not addressing the issues that are causing them to, their obstacles that are causing them to not reach their full potential. And we need to, as professionals, we have to be able to help these people enjoy this game. And enjoyment is, if they don't, if they go out and they're like, not liking who they play with and there's interference and, you know, you have the potential minus the interference equals their performance. And I have that in my book many times. I learned that a long time ago, early in my career. And I, have used it a lot, and these people have to understand what the interference is, and it could be a, a number of things, but mostly it is the negative self-talk, so you have to unfold that for them, and they realize, one woman said the other day to me on the lesson tee, I just, she was literally she was literally tears streaming down her face and said to me, I just realized that I'm nice to everybody else but me. Everybody yeah. at work thinks I'm such a nice person, and I'm so nice to them, and I just, you just unfolded and, and just right before her just asking her some questions about you know that shot or she's very quick to judge a bad shot and very slow to affirm a good one and so i said to them you know it's just so they're so prone to quick judgment and i said look you have to stop when you do something well and that's what you've been trying to achieve stopping and and savor that a little bit so it's right there and these i believe all professionals really have to tap in a little bit more to that because i've given lessons where you've hit like you know five golf balls but it's been one of the greatest lessons they've had you know handful of golf balls anyway and just they have to understand and discover that yeah and i think a lot of people you know you you raise an interesting um theory you know a lot of people are very hard on themselves they're they're very 
um, forgiving and very accommodating for others, as you just pointed out in your example. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to themselves, they're very difficult. And again, it stems through their experiences, their life experiences. You know, this woman that you were mentioning, you know, that was 60 years old. I mean, she obviously had some, some things with her father at, at some point. And a lot of people might mm-hmm. be thinking, well, what does that have to do with their golf game? Well, it has to do really, uh, as we've said many, many times in the program, golf mimics life in many, many ways mm-hmm. um, with the challenges and the pitfalls that, that we discover um, both on and off the golf course. And if you're bringing that, that anxiety and that baggage onto the golf course, it's very difficult to have fun, number one, but it's, it's also very mm-hmm. difficult to overcome some of the challenges you're going to face in the golf course because you're, you're not really coming with a clear thought or a clear conscience. And that's something that you're uh, getting more and more into, as I understand, with, with your, uh, your lesson T. Is that correct? Exactly. And, you know, the, the people that, you know, you've heard that old life saying that, you know, the quality of your life is determined by, you know, you're, you know you're going to have adversity. And how do you deal with it is really how it's going to be end up the quality of it. So having positive self-talk statements and knowing that we can scientifically rewire our brain to to be able to think differently when we have those adverse conditions, we know we're going to face adversity on the golf course. So how right. they, people have to have a coping mechanism. They have to be able to, in the middle of getting a a quadruple bogey or a you know it's, you know for some of these amateurs they're double digits on these holes and they just have to be able to have a coping mechanism that teaches them a strategy that teaches them to deal with that moment right right in that moment and and change their thoughts so that it doesn't become disaster so they can stay more in the present moment and forget about the shots they just had and try to not you know think about oh my gosh I mean I had one junior golfer that thought if she if she had a a really good drive on number one on mm-hmm. the first hole, if she had a, she started out well in her round, typically she would end. She really believed it. This was like not even typically. I shouldn't even say that word. She believed that her score was going to be bad at the end. But if she started out bad, she be, she felt like her round was going to end well. And I said, where did that start? She said, well, I I, I said maybe we don't know where it started. She goes, yeah, it started when I was about. I learned a board game when I was about seven. And every time I every time I started to win early, I always lost. You know, if I started to do well and mm-hmm. I looked like I was going to win, I lost. And every time I started out slow, I won. So she took that belief pattern and, and implemented it and just applied it to her golf game. And these wow. girls that were in the room were sitting there going, wow, I mean, Alicia's trying to teach you how to hit a good drive, and we all want a good drive on number one tee box. And she's <laughs> actually saying, I want to hit a bad one. Because if I hit a bad drive and I start out the first three holes bad, my round's going to be good. It's like, wow, you you just have yeah. to kind of understand some of these things. And so, yes, um, I believe the masses, the masses of golfers, which are, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions, hopefully, we know that we want to keep them in there and playing this game. But if they have a bad experience with golf and then they believe that, oh, I tried it once and it's no fun and, and I'm going to go to something right. else. You know, it could be because they just got frustrated or they had a bad experience, and we can reframe that, and we can scientifically, it's proven that we can, you know, through the the, the self-talk that I've been introduced to by Dr. Shad Helmstetter, you know, he, and the research that he's studied is, it's awesome that we can actually tell these people that they can be, they can listen to these positive self-talk statements to help them cope while they're on the golf course, but then the cool part about it is it actually helps them cope while they're in their life they can take those statements and help them for their entire lifetime. So you can literally change a person's life, change a person's life just by being a golf student, just from the very beginning. 
Right. So, Alicia, tell us, tell us, uh, give us an example of a belief pattern and what you can do to change someone's um, coping mechanism. Uh, well, I mean, right, like say somebody's in the middle of a round and they hit a bad shot. And, you know, like I had a young junior golfer the other day that her sister said, hey, that was a really good shot. And she, boom, she said, no, it wasn't. Well, in fact, if you hmm. if you were out on the golf course and you took that ball, because I always ask my students if I take the ball and I could put it right where I want it in the perfect spot, because I always say point A is where your ball is, point B is where you want ball to go. If I could run that out there and say that's a perfect spot or a playable, acceptable spot to be in, where would that be? So when she hits this golf ball, and she and her mother then disclosed that many times that's happened to her, where she's so quick to critically judge that drive, and if you put it out there, it might be in the right roster, it's playable. So she she instantly decided that she was going to say, no, it wasn't a good shot. She was talking to herself, grumbling underneath, and, you know, a lot of this goes internal. So you have to stop that right away and say how the coping mechanism is. You you can just look at that and go, you know, I don't know where that's at yet. And I can completely reframe that and say, you know, I hit that solidly. I'm just going to go up and see where that's at and, and then play it from there because that's all we can do is literally then the most important shot is the next one. So we all know that. So we're just going to go up to the next one and see where it's at. Instead of instantly beating yourself up for thinking you hit a poor shot and slam your club and put it into the dry, you know, in your bag and then just stomp up there and talk badly all the way to yourself, all the way up to the ball, you know, that's just producing cortisol, which is really, you know, gives you brain fog and it's just, it's just negative stuff that you don't even need to introduce. So coping mechanism wise, as soon as you hit a shot that might be less than desirable, you just, you kind of look at it and go, okay, that is what it is. And I'm just going to go up there and, 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 and hit the next one and just see what the next one brings me. Um, so you can literally reframe something um, and, and make it positive instead of negative. Perfect. Wow. How do you, how do you broach with, with some, because obviously everybody's personalities are different and, and, mm-hmm. you know, you get some, some people that maybe are a little reluctant to, I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're not opening up into a full counseling session with, with people, but at the same time, you have to get to the root cause in order to be able to help them. How do you broach that? Because some people might be a little apprehensive that, that, you know, you're getting maybe a little too personal and, and are maybe uncomfortable, you know, in, in certain areas. How do you broach that as a, as a professional without, you know, overstepping a little bit? How do you handle that situation when you're dealing with somebody and you recognize that there's more than just, a, you know, a bad golf swing here to deal with? How do you do that without, you know, either offending them perhaps or, or you know, maybe getting too personal and, and making them feel uncomfortable? How do you handle that situation? Well, I remember when Dr. Shad was training us and he said he's given, you know, thousands of presentations and radio shows and he said that, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody is ready for what the message you're going to be sending. And right. so everybody everybody needs it. We all know that. Um, so I, I really, I know that there's t- timing is obviously one of my chapter titles and timing is everything in, in your life. And so if you're not ready for the message, it's, there's no judgment cast on that person. Um, mm-hmm. They're just saying, you know, it might not. They might not be ready to hear quite hear that message, and they'll they'll stick around because I think that you help them to kind of reflect and ponder on that thought of, hmm, I wonder maybe they wouldn't want to admit it right away. But I, I've never, in my opinion, I, I've never had anybody say, you know, oh, that's, you know, I'm offended by what you said there because it's, it's sure. so parallel to life that right. they, the realization and the epiphany they have with 
the idea that, wow, I just, you know, like that lady, I just realized that I'm so negative I'm to myself and I'm not my own best friend. And, you know, I simply ask people, you know, if I talk to you the way you talk to you, would you allow me to be your friend? And they're like, mm-hmm. no way. They know that. So it's like, um, but yeah, some people are ready when it, and then some people are maybe not ready at the moment, but they usually circle around and, and we'll come back to it when, you know, a little bit more in depth, but um, I, I kind of know when they're ready and when they're not, and I've right. been doing it enough now. So I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, if they really want the information and they start to, you know, be inquisitive about it, then we get a little more in depth with it. So um, that's, I really, right. you know, the book is really why I wanted to kind of send a message and say, look, this is, this is a tool that I never had as a competitive golfer. I didn't have this. So I'm, that's why I'm so passionate about it because this would have been great for me to be able to say, I, you know, I had coaching and traveled around the country and got lessons from some of the greatest teachers around the entire country. And, but it, it was about my own demons that I faced when I went home and how I was so hard on myself on the golf course that really caused me my problems. I had, you know, I was told I had a, you know, beautiful golf swing and, all that stuff, and I practiced relentlessly and tirelessly for, you know, hours at a time and days and months and years, and and then I'd go out there and, you know, just not reach my goals even close to what I was wanting to do. So I I feel like this is something that I could give the amateur golfers or, you know, even professional golfers, hopefully, that that, um, to understand. And I think professional golfers actually have access to the sports psychologists, and they probably tap into this a little bit more, but I'm talking about the masses that don't have to pay yeah. thousands of dollars because we as golf professionals need to engage people to continue to have fun and enjoy this game. And that's, and that's, I think this is a really great tool to, um, you know, introduce to the world, the golfing world. Yeah. Well said. And, and you're, you're exactly right, Alicia. Um, you know, there's there, the masses, uh, many of the amateur golfers out there um, that continue to struggle you know, don't know where to turn, don't know what to do. They, um, and, and have actually, many have actually even shied away from the game because they're not enjoying it. And you're, you're right. The professionals obviously have uh, a wealth of, of, you know, avenues that they can turn to, to get that information, and that knowledge. And that's not always something that's available or up until now anyways, hasn't been available to the masses. Um, what's the actual mm-hmm. name? Um, what's the title of the book and, and where can people uh, that are interested get a copy of it? It, the the yeah, title of the book is The Missing Link. It's the power of positive self-talk in the mind game of golf. And in, they can get it. Uh, they can actually call um, a member of my publishing team at, at this phone number if they want to order it today. And he would take, um, give, you know, give them, take, give them the information. And um, he'd be happy to take their, take their call and take down their information and send them a copy of it. And that phone number is 850-912-912. Four two one two, and his name is Levi, and uh, he would be happy to um, handle your call and, and take care of everything you need to get this book into the hands of any golfer you know, um, yourself, anybody that's interested in golf. Or, um, you know, I've actually said in the beginning of the book that this is a go- this is a book actually for you know golfers and non-golfers alike because it's so much of a parallel about life, and each chapter actually has two meanings behind it. So if you talk about change or timing or perseverance or balance impact i talk about it relative to golf and then i talk about it relative to life so um it's really a a great book you know just relating to both of those features um and then just getting back to a question that you had relative to uh saying how how do you help people or how do you reframe somebody's coping or coping mechanism 
I had a little mm. 10-year-old girl on the lesson the other day, and she said she hit, she was struggling a little bit, and she was getting really tense, you know, when she went out and played, and do she would do well on the lesson tee and then go out and play with dad and grandpa and and just say, you know, I just it's just out there, it's just so different. And I said, how is it different? She goes, well, I get really, I get a lot of tension, and I my swing gets really fast, and I just play a lot worse. And I said, so you're so let me hear, did I hear you correctly in saying that you didn't, you weren't relaxed out there? And she said, yeah. So I I asked her then on the lesson tee to maybe just why don't we swing on the lesson tee relaxed and then try to take that, you know, just take that when you go play with dad today. She was going out that afternoon. She texted me later and said that she had so much fun playing relaxed. And we reframed her instead of saying, when you go out to play, um, you know, don't play with any tension. The same thing is play with, you know, go play and have fun with golf relaxed. And so you're trying, it's the same thing you're saying, but one's from a negative paradigm and one's from a positive right. paradigm. So you can you can turn the words around anytime you'd like and make it, you know, more of a positive statement versus a negative one. And she went out and had a great time and played one of the best rounds she's had just casually with her father, but that was a big, you know, big um, stepping stone for her. So this book helps you to do that. And then also the audio, the, the audio, listening to the audio with repetition mm-hmm. is the scientific feature behind it where we, you know, you can order um, the audios from the book. Um, you can order audios from my website, which is www.gratitudegolf.com, and you mm-hmm. can order self-talk products there. And that listening to those audio statements over and over, and my kids that are in my academy, it's mandatory that they listen to right. these self-talk audio statements, and they'll it'll rewire your brain to think more positively. Right. And, you know, something I wanted to mention, um, our earlier guest, Stephanie Connolly from uh, Symmetra Tour, mentioned um, that a lot of times when she's playing, when she was playing in a pro-am, that a lot of the amateurs were, were very hard on themselves. They couldn't understand why they weren't playing as well. And she, she raised an interesting point that a lot of amateurs I don't think sort, sort of put together. And that is, you know, she asked them a series of questions, and, and they were as follows. Um, you know, how often do you play and how many times, you know, this week do you play or how much do you practice? And they couldn't sort of correlate between the fact that she's out there every day playing and practicing. They're not, and they don't understand Mm -hmm. why they can't play as well. A lot of amateurs, I think, would you agree, fall into that trap? Um, You know, they're not out there, but they don't understand why they can't hit a a shot, you know, straight down the middle of the fairway, or they can't get out of the bunker as easily as as you, Cindy, or, or I could. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't understand that, so that's part of the the, the retraining process as well, and, and the thought process that you're trying to correlate with them as well as making them be realistic and, and understand right. that you're only as good as as what you put into it. Correct? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that that falls under two of my chapter titles, which that it would relate to, and that is, um, what are your expectations that are realistic and within reason, and then also your awareness. I mean, there's body awareness and there's mental awareness. And people are just, you know, if they practice negatively, they're going to go out and play negatively. So if if you practice positively while you're on the on the lesson tee or just in your practice session, you know, you're, the people will tell me, well, I have a great golf swing on, on the practice range. And when I go out there, it's terrible. But their expectations are way too high. So I do, even in the book, I mentioned something to the fact that, you know, I said to one gentleman, he works at a bank, and I go, okay, if you wanted to teach me your job, if I came one hour a week and I didn't do anything in between 
from now until when I see you a week from now, how are my skills going to be? And he's like, they're gonna, they're not, you're not going to make any progress. It'll take me forever to teach you how to do that. And I said, exactly. Right. So you can't, you have to have those expectations. And so I do challenge my students to say, you know, how much your progress is directly proportionate to how much you practice and play. And then you can break it even further down and say, you know, when you practice, are you practicing with purpose or are you just going through the motions? Because somebody could tell me they could practice, you know, 15, 20 hours that week, but how much purpose was behind it, you know? So it really does matter, and their expectations and their awareness of that are key because if their expectations are too high and they haven't practiced at all, they can't expect that from themselves. Otherwise, they'll beat that. That leads right into negative self-talk. That's, right. That's exactly where they go. <laughs> they don't know any other place to go except there. So they just beat themselves up, and then they find themselves in that really downward spiral, and it's really hard to get out of. But but now, again, through this great feature of having, you know, the audios to be able to say, yeah, I can if I can listen to that, I literally have my girls taking self-talk statements out with them, and when they're ch- when they're faced and challenged with adversity, they're listening to that in their head. They're taking. So- positive statements that will help them cope and then they have better expectations. Right. And, and Cindy also raised an interesting, um, made an interesting comment as well uh, as she was talking with Stephanie about her mm-hmm. um, assessment process that her and, and her husband, Alan do um, with, with their students. And, and Cindy, you can maybe elaborate a little bit on, on how that helps you lay out the groundwork with your teaching uh, by doing that assessment first and getting to understand the type of people that you're dealing with. Correct. Well, you need to find out, you know, are you a risk taker? Do you take unnecessary risks or do you play too cautiously? I mean, Alan and I are dead opposites and we've both played the tour. So I would tend to fire a pins and bury it in a bunker and make double and then get mad. And Alan would tend to mm-hmm. not take any risks. And so you have to um, figure that out. But it's what you said at the beginning is you have to find out who's, who's standing on the lesson tee right before you. And that's the number one thing. Who is right. this person that I'm going to help right now? I right. have to ask you a question. Who is publishing your book for you? Because it sounds like they're doing a great job. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually uh, the Gratitude Golf Publishing. My team is, is the, I would have to say, I'll have to give them the accolades for that. Um, so it's it's been really a, a I, I've actually jokingly said, I feel like I'm giving birth to my fourth child, so it's really fun. But um, <laughs> It's really it's been a great talk about a labor of love because uh, I I've been really blessed with having a great team and and Dr. Shad helping me and Levi and those those people in place are um, and all my the, the the CSTs the certified trainers that I got trained with you know supporting me and cheering me on because they know the importance they're out in the world changing the world in their areas and not necessarily just with golf but I've I've been more of the sports kind of tag the sports person that. You know, with the golf and every other sport I was in, so it was kind of fun to to be able to do that. But they've all just been a great team for me to be able to, um, you know, have this come to fruition. So I'm very honored to have Gratitude Golf Publishing doing that. That's awesome. Very good. That's awesome. So are you self-publishing the book? Yes. Cool. Awesome. Yes. Yep. Very, very good. Well, Alicia, unfortunately, we we're run out of time but uh, we would love to have you come back on the show again i think you know there there's certainly plenty of room to to have uh, certainly a further and more in-depth discussion about how um the self-talk can really help a lot of the golfers. because i think this is really where a lot of 
amateur struggle. It's not so much with with the golf swing and and uh, and that sort of thing. I think too many people focus on the mechanics of the golf swing uh, and not some of the other areas that uh, need focusing on in in trying right. to improve. And they're spending right. you know the ones that do spend hours, like you said, spend hours on the on the lesson tee. Um, are not practicing sometimes with with purpose. They're just out there hitting mm-hmm. golf balls and and raking them over. And you know you can try to explain to them a thousand times how you know how it would be more effective if they did it this way. But getting to some of the root causes and issues behind you know behind the eyes, if you will, I think is, is much more. So we would love to have you come back on at a later date, and maybe we can get into some further discussion about. Uh, some of the different techniques that you've learned and and uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, if if uh, if you'd be interested. Oh, I absolutely absolutely would be, and you know, I I'm I'm actually going um, and traveling and and doing like full long day retreats for college universities and um, men's and women's golf teams, and that's out there. It's gonna it's gonna catch on because I think that <clears throat> we're discovering that it is um, it is much more than your swing. And these people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars listening to golf pros and, and getting information, which is valuable. But they keep coming back to me. I, I, you know, the, the, redund, the redundancy of me continually telling them the same thing over and over, and they haven't, they haven't really mastered it. And then couple that with they're still practicing negatively with negative self-talk. You know, they, we got to get to the point of why, what, why they're stuck there. Um, I, I right. feel, you know, guilty continually having them pay for lessons and lessons and lessons when I know what the issue is. So. Um, yes, that would be that would be an. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to do that because I, you know, the the bottom line. I'll finish with this. The bottom line is, if I had two players and I made their their swings, mechanically they were perfect. Let's say that let's just say hypothetically they were perfect, and player A is listening to self. They're completely different, same swings, different people. But player A is listening to self talk and player B is not. I'm gonna put my money on A, simply yeah. because they're gonna have a stronger mental game and they're gonna outperform B just because of their mind game and their toughness, their, their mental toughness. So um, I'm hoping that everybody will, you know, call and get this book. And, um, again, if, if you wouldn't mind, I can give you the number one sure. more time if I yes, have time. Yes, please. Um, and yep. Levi is standing by. He'll take all the calls and um, give him a call, and he'll be able to take everything as far as your information to get you and get the book in your hands. And it, the number, again, is 850-912-4212. And he'd be happy to help you out. So, um, thank you we'll so be, much. You're welcome. I'd love to come back and and talk again with you folks. For well, we will definitely set that up. Uh, Alicia, thank you very much for for taking the time and and uh, and talking with us today. And and it's very very interesting. And, and I'm 100% total agreement with you. I think that this is an area that really needs to be focused on, uh, not just within the golf industry, but even outside the industry as well. And I think mm-hmm. we're starting to see more and more of it happening. And can, Congratulations on on your book and uh, much continued success. And and uh, Sydney and I will reach out to you here uh, shortly and and uh, arrange a time to to have you come back down in the future. That would be awesome. I I appreciate the opportunity today. <clears throat> Pardon me and and uh, look forward to you know expounding on this because it, it is something that the world needs and we're we're really excited about it. So uh, we're changing lives every day and this is the start of it. So we're excited. Thank well, you perfect. so much. And- Thank you, Alicia. You have a great day, and and keep up the great work. Okay, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was our special guest, uh, Alicia Larson. Uh, Of course, we ran over time by a little bit, but uh, so we'll wrap things up here. 
Uh, Cindy, as always, thank you very much uh, for for being part of the program. Uh, it, I truly uh, appreciate that very much, and you do a great job and and uh, helping uh, get some good uh, guests on here, and and uh, and I appreciate that as well. Uh, and we would like to thank you, the listeners out there, for tuning in each and every week. And as I said, sometimes we we have to take a little break here and there for one reason or another, but we. Hope you'll keep coming back, and uh, and we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com or me at Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. We would love to hear some thoughts and comments about the show if uh, if you're so inclined, and uh, and uh, if there's something that we maybe haven't covered on the show and you'd like for us to do so, please reach out to us and let us know, and we'll do our best to uh, work that in the mix. Uh, but we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. Cindy, have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. All right.